Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast with Melanie Dawn and Tanya Ryan. Okay, so here's my question for you today. Welcome, everybody. I hope you had a wonderful <laughs> holiday season. I, was, I had this really funny conversation with a client. Okay, so here's what happened. So I did this like holiday giveaway and someone won, obviously. And so I was messaging with them and I think, what did I do? Something asked for their email address, but something that can happen with me is that I'm so like focused on just getting something done that I forget that there's like a human interaction, like that people want that like rapport. And I like, (laughs) there's like, I have wondered honestly if it's maybe just a touch of neurodivergence or something because I have to actively tell myself like hey don't forget to say like a pleasantry like when I especially in an email type of context so what happens a lot of time is I'll you know address the logistics and then go oh right right be a human don't forget (laughs) to be a human and I'll I'll, like basically go to the top of my message and write out something human like oh that's so wonderful or that's lovely. Or how are you today? Or something <laughs> like, anyways. So I look at this message to this woman and I realize, oh, shoot, you're a robot again. Go back and write in your human pleasantries. And, but the window was too small. So when I press send, I actually had two layers of like human pleasantries. <laughs> oh, I was like something like, yay, congratulations. So excited for you. And then I was like, yay, congratulations. <laughs> Oh my God. Because I didn't, I couldn't see that I actually had already written it. Anyways, I just, Mm. so sometimes I'm just so busy getting down to business that I just forget that we're supposed to like, you know, have a rapport and stuff. So anyways, I hope everyone had a great holiday season and that your Hanukkah was festive and your Christmas was bright and your Yule was delightful and your solstice was powerful. And um, I'm missing one, Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Festive Kwanzaa. Uh, Don't forget Kwanzaa. Um, So here, because I think this is like kind of, this is the, I'm, I'm, this is cliche. Okay. What I'm offering today is cliche, but I still want to know because you are a person that I admire and I love, and I'm so interested by your habits and choices. So I would love to know, um, do you have like are you in like this kind of mode do you get into like the new year mode where you kind of are like projecting what you want to accomplish in the coming year or maybe some personal shifts that you want to make or even like where like what I also would love to be interested to talk about is like where we want to take the podcast in the coming year basically it's Mm -hmm. just like do you have anything that's on your mind for the next little while Um, so it's changing because I just realized this year that the reason why most of our goals that, uh, fail within the first two months of the year is that the first two months of the year is actually not goal oriented. It's reflective. Um, so I think that this year I usually do pull like the 12 year spread. I think you do the same. Do you do that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'll pull the 12 year spread and then I'll write in my journal, what I kind of think it means is what's coming up, but I need to go back because I never even went back once this year. So I don't know if that's a practice that I'm going to take forward because if it's not something that I'm looking at, is it something that actually is deep meaning to me? And, but this year 
Um, Courtney and I, and my friend that Tanya and I both know, one year we went to Banff. We both had just a hell of a year. (laughs) We were like, this is it. We're going to go to Banff. And uh, we decided we were going to write a letter. I think mine or both of ours were titled like FU 2015. And then we wrote all the shitty things that happened to us throughout the year. And we just wanted to like get rid of it. And so we ended up we pulled up to this hotel which was like beautiful on the outside like all hotels are in Banff and then you walked in and it was like a hostel <laughs> it was not Courtney called it pig with lipstick on it and so then we wheel up to our room and we get this letter going and we're like okay let's now it's time to burn it and Courtney I'm pretty sure has a master's degree she's extremely smart but we both ended up set, like sitting there with burning paper in our hands and they're like what do we do now and so we <laughs> We ran to the toilet and uh, it doesn't burn as quickly as you think it does. And so then it left like a little mark on the toilet, but we don't feel bad because I had pubes on my pillow. So it's, I, we called it even Stevens, but it ended up going into the toilet and then we had to flush it, which is actually like pretty Beautiful. symbolic. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I love Spirit this. Spirit looked after that. And then um, towards the end of 2016, like my 2016 got off to a rocky start, but it might have been clearing stuff out. Like that was my first diagnosis with melanoma. But I still consider 2016 a win year. Um, 2016 was massive changes. And I can't help but believe that it was that burning ceremony. So then on 2016 or 2017, I can't remember, but I invited a few of my clients to do the burning ceremony with me. And those two that showed up, because I think I asked them on like the 30th. And so two clients showed up and I watched them go from being like in constant state of distress to rocket shipping. They got on board the cannabis train in the early. So they're like heads of companies for cannabis, like often on the coast now and just living their best lives. And I was like, this shit works. <laughs> that time we put it in uh, my fire pit. But this year I'm going to, I was like, okay, so that was cool. I had them come. Then the other years I've always done it on my own. And so this year I decided I was going to do a, like a collective consciousness because, um, although I'm old, like getting older, collective consciousness is just becoming something that I'm seeing is so powerful. Like you always have an inkling that it is, but it's everything guys. It's like, it is everything. So if you can bring people into the same energy as where you're going, the the amplification that happens is massive. So I decided I was going to host a day retreat this year and do um, like all of like the yoga nidra and rituals and all of that with it. So I'll update at the end of next year to see kind of like what that looks like. Cause I, I can't wait. Cause I think conscious group consciousness kind of seems to be where I'm going. I'm fading out of one-on-ones, but I use to long story short, back to uh, the question. I usually take this time to reflect. I don't typically set a lot of goals. I'll review them. Like I have, if you can see Tanya, I'm in my room on the back of my door. I have a web and the center is what I ultimately want. And then all of the legs are the things that I uh, anticipate having to do to get there. Um, it helps if they're if you work at those things. <laughs> 
it, it helps. So this it one's helps. kind of been, yeah, this one's kind of been sticking with me for a couple of years. So I'll review that too and be like, is this where I want to be? But um, I typically don't be like, I don't join a gym or anything like that. So that's, I'm a, I'm a reflective at this part. What about I you? I remember just, just quickly touching on the gym. Mm-hmm. I remember um, when I got into yoga and I like got in hard and I was just you know, so loyal. I remember I, I, there was a while there where I just, I just dreaded January because, um, what did mm. I call them? I had a name for the people <laughs> and it was really insensitive because obviously these people are trying to, but I, I just hated January, February, or, you know, I get, I'd roll on my mat in January and be like, Oh, can't wait till all these people are gone in February. <laughs> no, it'd people be so crowded. All of these like fair weather, new year, New Year's resolution or people's, um, anyways. But that was my superior complex at its best. So there you go. Uh, this... <laughs> it's always good intentions, but it doesn't have the energy. The season is not reflecting the energy to stick to it. Well, no, I mean, uh, okay. This is my theory, philosophy, and this is obviously, I feel like it's obvious, but it's based in kind of witchcraft kind of astrology because we did talk to the wild sky i think last year or the year before but they kind of bounced back this philosophy to me astrology wise which i had settled into on a like a from a witch's standpoint which is okay <laughs> witches okay <laughs> that okay uh, i like we, it <laughs> we had the solstice on the 21st and now the sun is just starting to come back. Now, ideally, in my opinion, this is how our goals should come back. Like, this is how our goals should be achieved. But it's just that January 1st hits. And then we, some for some reason, like, society, from a societal standpoint, seem to come at it, like, at 100 miles an hour. And mm-hmm. really, it should be, yes, you can step into your goals January 1st or December 22nd would, you know, kind of th- really theoretically be the thing. It's just that you, but it should be done in like incrementally, like the sun is coming back. Like the, yeah. it, it should be so slow to, so if you want to, you know, if you have goals and they, those goals could be huge, they, they could be that you want to be a millionaire, it could be that you want to be more healthy or that you want to feel better in your body, whatever it is. Um, you can have the these large ambitious goals. It's just that you shouldn't be changing your lifestyle. Like it shouldn't, you shouldn't be this brand new person in one day. And that to me is why it's not sustainable. So not, yeah. and, and then symbolically, of course, with the time of year, the shift of the season, like that, this is a time for reflecting. I agree. Um, and so it's kind of like, can you make an incremental change? Like something small, like just wake up and drink a glass of water first thing in the morning. That is an incremental change that is sustainable. And every time, this is actually kind of neat from like a, a, a neurology type of um, standpoint, is every time you make a change and you sustain it, you're teaching your brain you can change a pattern. So your brain is kind of wired. I can't remember. I used to know this better. I read a book. Um, your brain is kind of wired to like, believe that if you haven't done something, you can't do it. There's something along, like, I'm not doing a good job of, of reiterating this, but it's all, yeah, the brain runs on past programming. It's, it's, uh, when we're in our thinking mind, we can learn, but it's, it's only regurgitating past ideas. 
So every time you change a habit and you sustain it, you're teaching your brain, you can change a habit and sustain it and it can be a thing. So drinking a glass of water every morning doesn't sound like a huge change, but it kind of is because then you're, you've just taught your brain, see, I did a thing, I committed, I stuck with it. And so now you make another change that's maybe a little bit bigger than drinking a glass of water every morning. And your brain's like, oh, I guess we did do it that one time. Maybe we can do it again. It's, you know... Um, Building integrity. Yeah. So I yeah. think that there is something to that slow shift. I mean, as far as though, from a personal standpoint, because there, there's my theoretical answer and my personal answer is I have like nothing right now. <laughs> <laughs> nothing planned, nothing. I love the the burning ceremony and kind mm-hmm. of burning away um, the old year. This past year, like 2021, um, I don't have like sometimes, you know, you get the end of the year, you're reflecting, you're looking back, you're going, oh, it was a rough year. That was a good year or whatever. 2021 for me was just like kind of like white knuckling it. And I think like my second son was born in April and my eldest son is, you know, he's only two when he was born. And so <laughs> 2021 for me was just like, I survived it. That uh, That's what I need to do is make a t-shirt that's like, <laughs> 20, I went through 2021 and survived. <laughs> Yay. And I'm really hopeful and ambitious regarding 2022. And not because it's just a new year, but because my children will be in a different phase of life. Like, it's so dramatic when they're little, like the, you know, zero years old to a year, it's only a year, but those are two completely different human beings. Like a zero year old and a one year old are just, that's not, and even a two year old and a three year old, like Cashin's two years. And I'm going to specify, not that I normally would, I'd usually say two and a half, but he's two years and eight months old. And this kid at two years and eight months is a totally different kid than two years and three months. Like that was only five months ago. And he's like, he's hilarious. Like he's hilarious because he's so lawful. Like he's very eldest. He's got very eldest sibling vibes. Yeah. (laughs) But the, just the person he is, is so different. So I guess for me, 2022 is, I think, a little bit of like reclaiming Tanya. Like 2021, she was donated for the cause. And I feel like 2022, I get to like, I get her back a little bit. And I think incrementally <laughs> that that's starting even just in January. Um, Because I'm doing, I don't know if you saw this, but I'm doing this Wednesday night, Witches Society. So it's going to be this monthly. Collective. Oh, I did. I did. Yeah. Oh, it's and it's okay if you didn't. I know. Yeah, no, I we thought did, I did, girl, but I, I get it. I totally did. I seen it. The so brain. I'm gonna. It's this monthly thing, and I feel like it's going to be this like crack open of the door for me to like kind of touch back to me. Um, so I'm really excited about that, and so I'm just excited for 2022 because I just want to be creative again and I want to make things and I want to teach and I I just yeah I just I just want to get a pulse back on myself and I'm excited that I theoretically should <laughs> be getting a little bit more legroom to do that it's funny too because when you say like the difference between a, a two-year-old and a two-year eight-month-old is like the difference between a 20-year-old and a 40-year-old. Like it truly is like that big of a span of a difference. And when you say incrementally getting your life back this year, it's also like the 
over like overarching of your life. You're incrementally starting to like, uh, when we're, there are children are in our womb, they are us. And then it's like that separation where we find who we are uh, now as a mother, because we're different. That person we were before is no longer here. Uh, no funeral was held for her, um, sadly enough. But that is the truth is that that person is gone. And then someone with different experiences, different expansions, is now present. And it's like, who is this? Who am I? Who am I? And my kids are old. Like, um, Jay's 16 driving now, Riley going to be 20 on the ninth. And it's, it does feel like it's sorrowful because you're also saying goodbye to that, um, connection as well, but then they're moving on and you're also moving on. Like, it's like this, everything is such an evolution and it's all painful. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's all painful, but there's joy interlaced in there as well. And, um, uh, it's funny too. What date is your, uh, Wednesday? It's Wednesday witches society, the Wednesday night, Witches society. And what day are you, what date are you starting? January 11th. Okay. So that's cool. Um, we're having on the priestess path on the 19th. And so in this retreat, the new year's Eve one new year's Eve day, it's a closing off sort of ceremony. I'm not doing it with the same people, but I'm going to give them tips so they won't just be closed off forever. <laughs> but the closing off ceremony begins on the 31st. And then we meet in Priestess Path. We're doing it. Um, this is a special one. We're going to be at Spiritwood. And we're doing a calling in ceremony on the 19th. And we're going to use our bodies too. Because I think that when we get into the spiritual realm, we can... I think sometimes we find our way there through the body and then we're like, thanks body. See you later. I'm going to be writing my way and, you know, um, doing all these little rituals and stuff. And the body truly is to me, the antenna of what I'm open and willing to receive. So we're going to be doing, um, a lot of big body movements that are, are going to expand our energy and open us up to receive. And I can't wait to see what that kind of does for us. We wrap up in June um, and see how that goes. So it's a big calling in ceremony and January 19th too. I feel like the movement plus spirituality or spiritual practice of any kind, I don't know if that's as deeply understood as it needs to be like that like that visceral movement is so powerful mm -hmm. like especially okay uh i might go off on like a slight tangent but and i'm gonna this is like a rabbit hole actually maybe i'll have someone come and talk about this because <laughs> this would be a good conversation but um so fascia tissue i think we all are familiar with the term so if we're not it's basically um been described as the connective tissue basically it is like what i call the, the body's negative tissue <laughs> it's it's the body's negative space and so between this is physically tangibly me trying to describe it to you anatomically so between your bones your muscles there is connective tissue like and so previously what they would do is they would open a cadaver to learn and they would be like oh what's all this stuff in the way of all the things we're trying to get at and they'd learn the bones and learn the muscle just kind of like tearing away this stuff and not thinking twice about it so yeah. we're only studying fascia tissue closely in the last like handful of years so it's actually relatively new it's kind of like neuroscience which is actually also quite young in yeah. 
and, and exploration. So I am so excited to see the developments in neuroscience as well as um, fascia because some of the theories rolling around fascia right now are absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. And of course, what I'm loving is that there are some scientists that are actually open to exploring fascia with leaving room for spirituality, for God, for universe. And um, you kind of like made a comment about connective tissue and that's exactly <laughs> it. That it the, is the connection tissue. That exactly. Mm -hmm. And so there's also this sort of, uh, I'm going to paraphrase this, like, let's just all understand I'm doing this in such a bad, I'm doing a bad job. Okay. But I, I'm just trying to keep it brief, but there's Don't go write a paper this, on it. Yeah. <laughs> there is a kind of a theory going that, your fascia tissue is is more alike your um, central nervous system than mm -hmm. anything else, and it's a messenger, so yeah. that you can actually use your fascia tissue to mess. And it can be responsible for things like you know when you something bad happens, you can get this jolt in your stomach. Well, why would your stomach do that? Like as an mm -hmm. organ, that's not its job. So what's doing that? It's not your nervous system, is it? Your fascia, you know. So I guess kind of nervous system. But anyways, this is what I'm saying though, is that they are like bridged, they're connected, they're related, and there's a relationship between the fascia and the nervous system. And so I'm just, anyways, so interested to learn more about that. But that said, sorry, I digress, is why mm -hmm. if you are doing any spiritual practice and you can or feel called to move your physical body during that practice, huge, like huge, huge, huge potential there. Um, and um, your your fascia tissue, uh, okay, so in your body, just there with, sorry, well, let's go with this, right? <laughs> Um, when you lack movement, what happens is your fascia tissue lacks will lack hydration, especially in those more stagnant areas. So where you have more movement in your body is where your fascia will be naturally hydrated. So it's not just about consuming water. This helps. Yes, of course. But it's actually about the movement. The movement is what hydrates the fascia. And so... Um, oh, I had a thought there and I just lost it. Hang on. Let's go back. Um, oh, there was, I lost it. It's gone. Oh. Okay, but now you know about hydration. You were, you were talking about uh, hydration <laughs> of the tissue. And, um, I'll, I'll just use this example because I think it goes across the board. When you see someone that is rigid in their body, like, uh, if you were to put on some music and even though they liked the music, they would not move to the music. That's a rigid mindset as well. They've really closed the door on feeling and closed the door on their connection. So when we start to kind of break open that and move in our bodies, this is where I want to go is that people who are rigid in their bodies who fail to move are closed to receiving. And that means in all areas of life. And you can fight me on it, but I will probably have a point every time you do. The people who flow, the people who dance, the people who you see are like, they just look like they flow. Those are the people that are receiving the mass amounts of abundance and health, uh, wealth, all the areas of life is because they are signaling, I'm open to receiving. When we are rigid in our bodies, we're rigid in our mind, we're rigid in our energy body, everything is closed. When we have fluid body, like that hydrated fascia, everything is moving. And fascia too, there's meridian lines, there's everything is all connected. 
and uh, now we'll probably focus hyper focus on fascia and be like fascia is the thing but it's really the whole thing and if we were to look at it what about our skin like you know there there's so much about the the way that we feel and sense energy on our skin that is often overlooked as like well that's just electricity but what does that mean to you? Like, what is that deeper? Um, I have a girlfriend who has been listening to um, electric feel over and over again. And guess what's happening to her? Everything she touches, she shocks. And it's like the, our, our language also has a vibration. Everything that we are equipped with as humans are tools for our spirituality. They're tools for accessing what we want. Um, I just thought that was cool about the electric field. She's like, what do you think's happening? I'm like, you are 100% manifesting this electricity in your body. And and then also ground. But I was going to say, because as you were talking, I was like, yeah. And then there's like, a, there's a, there's a flip side. Cause I've also seen some like really flowy people and they're not getting what they want. Cause there's like so flowy, but I, that's not fascia related. It's more just energetically whatever but actually but, so, it, but is is that true or is that your idea of what they want or is that there you know like it's all in perception is it true it's based on their vocal experience like what they're telling me but even at that is that perception true because like I, I think I can think of the person and it's like yeah. I think they have everything Okay. Yeah. No, that's possible. Um, <laughs> yeah. There is like, it's always in our perception too. And if, even if our body is open and flowing in certain ways, is the mind unlocked? Because the flowing has to happen in all sorts of layers. Mm -hmm. But it starts with the body. Mm. <laughs> I know we're thinking. <laughs> I think we are anyways. Uh, maybe I, oh, yeah, uh, no, I'm kind of, I'm thinking multiple people right now. Cause I'm, I'm actually, I'm okay. This is what's happening. Cause I guess if you're on a podcast, you can't like just stop and leave dead air. I know, right? Right? So here's what I'm doing is I'm actually cataloging. So, uh, so I'm processing very quickly, um, uh, my perception of people. So for instance, okay, I'll share with this. I'll share with you exactly what I was thinking. So, yeah. um, Separate person, though, not a flowy person. The opposite, a non-flowy person, a person who is always in pain. And um, this person, extremely wealthy, wealthiest person I have ever met yeah. in my life. Um, but also a person who could hardly move their body. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting there going like, well, they have like all this stuff. And then I'm like, ah, but that's because that's what I want. They might exactly. not... <laughs> they might be missing what they want. Like they're not yeah. in flow with what they are wanting or desiring. So that's just or an concept. You can also have a ton of money and still feel like you have no money. Yeah. May, and it's maybe. all perception. Yeah. And then, so the other, other thing I was just going to like supplement your is that there's no person in the world. Well, I shouldn't say that. There probably is like one. But anyways, <laughs> I feel like... There's always that one. Everybody's got a lack of movement somewhere and mm -hmm. it might even move throughout their lives or whatever. But like, if we're using fascia as the example, if you cannot get, you know, movement in a certain area of your body, like we could like, you know, send that off to our Reiki philosophy or, or Louise Hayes or whatever. Um, but it might be indicative of a way you have trouble um receiving or having flow in 
mm-hmm. an area of life. Like, so say I always have a sticky space between my shoulder blades. That's going to be indicative of something versus like yeah. maybe it's a sticky space across my chest. I have a hard time like opening up wide across my chest or um, like neck. Some people can like put their head back and it's just like they just put their oh, head yeah. back. Other people put their head back and their whole jaw pulls or their neck pulls. And so anyways, long story short, it's it's kind of going like you could use and notice the physical limitations in your body as like a barometer and again not to fix them correct them change them or because your body is wrong it's it's a messenger it's data it's information it's going like hey this is a thing that's happening and um then you have the option to like go oh okay cool thank you for that information now i i am empowered to do something about it because that's Maybe the other thing that like kind of goes with the theme of this time of year is you're seeing like a lot of people that want to fix things. Well, I need to fix that about myself. I need to fix that because it's not right. I don't like that. It's I have to fix it. It's like, well, Mm -hmm. it's it's not that it's I I guess it's kind of like I've I've made this analogy in the past before. It's going it's kind of like looking at your nose. Say you have like a large nose or kind of a quirky nose or a funny nose or whatever. And so if you say, ah, I'm really controlling, it's like looking in the mirror and go, ah, my nose is really crooked. And so, but the saying, I want to fix that is like, okay, I'm going to go get a, I'm going to go get a consultation with a plastic surgeon so that my nose doesn't look like this anymore. I'm going to fix that I'm controlling. Well, controlling is not inherently a bad quality. Mm -hmm. Your nose is fine. It's accepting and then being aware of. So if someone looks at me and goes, wow, you have a crooked nose. No, I don't. No, I don't. It's kind of like, wow, you're controlling. No, I'm not. Yeah. There's a like a resistance there. I'm not communicating this very well, but essentially it's going like, you don't have to fix the fact that you're controlling, but being aware of it empowers you in that quality. So then your control can be applied to, can be utilized. It now becomes your tool. It becomes a resource. It becomes a part of you, not something you ever had to fix, change, or abandon. And to go on that fixing thing, when we learn to love what is, and I'm not saying that I don't try to make changes or I don't want to feel something different, because I think that that's what we really are chasing is not to fix, but to feel. I'm ready to feel this. I'm ready to move into this energy is that when, and I'm pretty sure that there are scientific studies that back this, but I don't quote me on it, is that when we see ourselves, like, so let's say that I have, I'm not, uh, I'm at odds with my nose, but someone sees me and tells me I'm beautiful and that changes my perception of myself. And I start to see myself as beautiful. Every time I look in the mirror, I'm like, wow, I'm really looking good today, or I'm really beautiful today, or you get your makeup done. And the way that people greet you on that day, you're like, oh yeah, they see it too. They don't see that. What they're reading is like your energetic biography that you finally loved and accepted yourself and you're allowing that love in. It's like, it really is perception that is behind everything because we could even be in a uh, paralyzed body, but if the mind is still working, the neural pathways to each point of that body is still working, you can still be in body flow state and 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 wire all of those in, in the brain as they would in the body. And you can feel how you would dancing. I, I don't, I don't want to be expanding on this universe, but it is like um, there was a study done with uh, Olympic athletes where they wired up their brain and they went through their root workout routine and 
each part part of the body lit up as their brain went through the workout routine. So there is still potential to be free from the mind, but the mind also cages us at the same time. It's got, it's in duality at all times. You can be free through the mind and you can also be caged through the mind, but it's all perception. I think, well, anyways, I, so this is just making me, so I have my Mercury in Scorpio. Um, and so your Mercury for context is, uh, Mercury is associated with communication, intellect, um, how you think the way your mind works. And it's funny because I was having this conversation with other fellow astrology nerds. And I was asking like, just, you know, what's your favorite placement? Like what's, what's, when you look at your chart, what's the one where you're like, yep, love that. Proud of that. That one's cool. Or that's proud of that. (laughs) So like, for instance, if you have a Taurus moon, you should be proud of that because that's a wicked placement. Um, And so one thing I really like about my chart, and it's, I wouldn't say this is a globally desirable trait. It's just something I like, but I like that my Mercury is in Scorpio. (laughs) Now, I, I also saw this this uh, video of Cher, though, that really wrapped up. Uh, she was doing this interview, and the interviewer asked, what's something that you really like love about yourself, or what's a quality you admire in yourself? Something like that. And she's like, my mind. My mind. And and then the interviewer is like, what's something you would change if you could change it? <laughs> my mind. <laughs> and I was like, uh-huh. that's because I love that. I love the way that I think. But I also know that the way that I think is my problem. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. but this encapsulates kind of what I'm trying to say about the fixing thing and the nose thing and the whatever is going, like the controlling thing is going, this is your mind, period. Mm-hmm. This is, so, because I also asked my friend this question. Um, I have a, a friend that I touch base with. We are like mental health comrades. Like we both go very dark into the dark place. So we are kind of each other's like, like thread it's almost like you tug on the thread to be like hey <laughs> you know and i i asked him i asked him like kind of my dark, dark weird questions that i don't um ask everybody and one of them was if you had to um sacrifice the way that you work like the way you think like you so you would no longer feel depression but you also wouldn't be able to think as deeply or analytically. This is me again through my own lens, right? It's going, okay, because this is what my morbid head is doing. Like, okay, sure, you could get rid of your depression, but you also wouldn't be able to explore things at this depth that you explore things in from an, an intellectual standpoint. You wouldn't be able to do that. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would abandon the way that my mind works in order to relieve myself of depression, which I thought was an interesting realization because I was going oh it turns out I actually like the way my mind works um it does go to a dark place that does cage sometimes like as as you're saying it can be my cage but it's also a place that is really it's it's like a really morbid playground sometimes too like it's like a place where I can adventure like to me my mind has no end like it's infinite it's and it's and it's a place I I like the way it works and I I think it's cool like I think the way I think is cool and so I'm like would I sacrifice (laughs) the way that my mind works in order to and I I I don't think I would so Mm -hmm. I feel like that kind of wraps up that or wraps up that encapsulates that duality idea I guess Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Is I and I think too, that's again perception and preference, right? Is if we're in a state where it's like, oh, this isn't convenient for me. This isn't working for me. But in a, that way, even you speaking about your conversations with your friend, it serves to connect you. It serves to connect you deeper. And even though like uh it's not all love and light it's serving a deeper purpose. And I think that in the way that we, our society has been formed and the way that our preferences have been formed is that we're trying to bypass those deeper meanings in life. And we're trying to live on the surface by all of our preferences being like, I like this and I don't like that. And I will pursue, I don't like this to the ends of the earth and run from, I don't like that. And I think when we embrace that, like if all of a sudden you decided that my nose is unique and no one has one like it and everyone will see my uniqueness through my nose, the the flip on that perception would just change the way other people see you as well as the way you see yourself. But it's not always uh, possible to do it through the mind. So first then I think that we can find love through the body. That's I, I think it always loops back. The holistic path is... Uh, we, we can't bypass one. You may be heavier in one at certain times than the other, but um, especially like getting back to this like yearly forecast or whatever. So at, at this time, at this stage, even though we have hit solstice, our days are still pretty short. Going inward and turning inward is saying like, what do I really need? What do I desire to feel? Um, you, what am I? What am I closing off this year? And then as the new year arrives, even later towards January, beginning of February. What am I? What am I um, resonating with? What am I calling in? What does it seem to be my path? And another thing that I do that I've told you about a lot, a lot, is that I'll pray. I'm always praying on it. And, and the other day, I was just like, um, I when I pray myself, I call this is me. And I don't. I every time I do it, I'm like, I need to learn a better way to do this. <laughs> like this is pretty cheesy. I feel like I'm writing a letter. But every night when I pray, I say, Dear God. <laughs> <laughs> can't oh my break God, myself out of it it's better than <laughs> mine God. mine is because i have like my my like religious trauma still like sitting in there and yeah. i'm like dear lord or universe whoever. or source or like whoever <laughs> yeah and i did do that for a while but now it's just shortened to dear god and the other day i finally didn't ask for something i was like dear god I love you. That's all for tonight. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> finally, I gave something back. But those are like, I, dear God is always where I go to when I'm kind of like, if I don't know what I'm calling in, which I think so many people miss the fact that they're already living their purpose and their path and that it's just a matter of perception. If you wake up this morning going, I'm already here. What can I do today? How can I serve? That's different than being like, I have to seek. I have to find. But sometimes I'll just be like, dear God, I know I want to do more and I know I can. Can you show me? And that'll be like, it's just kind of like, please, I just need you to know that I don't know. And things always change. Dear God. Well, I think we should leave it off on that today. Yeah. Do you have any final parting? <laughs> do you feel good about it? Yeah. And if anyone else has like a cooler way to approach God, I'm open to hearing <laughs> it. As long as it's not too many words. Oh, that's mine is like a run on sentence. But anyways, <laughs> um, as you were talking, I'll share my download and then and then we can sign off. Mm -hmm. But as you're talking, um, 
what did it, what was it? It was something along the lines of you existing is all that is required. Breathing. Yeah. The breath, that breath, um, the fact that you were given a breath means that you're, you're already doing your part. Your, your, your vibration alone is, um, proof that your breath and your vibration is proof that you were wanted here and that you're needed here. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Spiritual Boss Podcast. If you care to share your thoughts with us, we always appreciate it. You can reach us on Instagram. Each of us has our own page um, at the Melanie Dawn. I am. Yes, because Melanie Dawn was taken. (laughs) The Melanie Dawn. And then mine is at Tanya Ryan XO because Tanya Ryan was also taken. (laughs) Um, You can also reach us at Spiritual Boss Podcast or you can email us spiritualbosspodcast at gmail.com. Peace in, peace out.